You're listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast. For more information on Dayton Christian Center, you can visit dcctx.church. Now let's join in for this week's message. If you got your Bibles, turn to Genesis chapter 12. Last week we talked about credentials. And uh, it says in Habakkuk 2, 4, it says, But the righteous will live by his faith. And Paul backed it up in Romans 1, 16. He said, uh, is that the righteous will live by faith. And what that means is, is that God's way of, of putting people in right standing, it shows up in acts of faith. When God begins to put us in right standing, it shows up in acts of faith. So in other words, we get our credentials. Credentials, you get your credentials that get you into uh, rodeos. Uh, our credentials, you know, get us into bull ridings without a ticket. Credentials tell people that, that we are, uh, uh, we have the authority We've, we've uh, to get to gain access, the power to do what we're there to do, and those credentials also allow us a ticket. See, and over the years, you know, your credentials are being built in the faith, and people are seeing through your actions. You don't have to say a word, man. That's a man of God. Come on. Because your credentials are on display whether you say a word or not. So one thing we always say around here is preach the gospel, use words if you have to. Because half the time, you're not going to have to use no words. They're going to see your faith by your actions. Come on, does that make sense? Listen, the title of this is Faith to Faith. The walk of faith is better looked at as a process of faith. If you can start looking at faith as a process, everything goes through a process. You can't preach that enough. Uh, everything. There's nothing in this building, nothing you got on that hasn't been through a process. Gold is dug up out of the ground. It's in a chunk. It's dirty. And you fire it up. You heat it up. Get the dross off. Then you start making something with it. And gold goes through a process so that it gets to a Product, Come on, are y'all with me? In the same way as in our faith. It's the same way in the garden. It's the same way uh, no matter what you do on your job. Everything goes through a process and our life goes through a process. You go from crawling to walking to running. Come on, are y'all with me? Everything speaks of the process, but yet somewhere along the way, we took the process out of our faith. Come on. And so as we go, we have to remember that faith is a process. Everything in the world has a, prog a progress uh, that causes growth or causes decay. It's going to go one way or the other. When your hands off, decay. When your hands on, it's growth. Come on. See, faith in Christ, just it's no different. It's hands on. See, our fleshly senses have to be trained. 
what you see, what you hear, how you feel, your emotions, you know, all of that has to be trained because you ain't always going to feel like being a Christian. Come on, am I in the right building? Because I'm telling you, there's days you just don't feel like being a Christian, especially in traffic. You know, there's just days you don't feel like it. So our fleshly senses have to be trained to trust God when we're in a bind. See, it's real simple. The word comes forth, we obey or we don't. As children, we get discipline if we don't obey, so we understand later in life about consequences and authority. See, adults, see, we have to train our children to be uh, respectful to adults, teachers, police, the boss, the Holy Spirit, and we're just going to uh, act like we all spank little Johnny right now for sake of time. But I'm telling you, if we don't learn discipline in children now, they're not going to respect teachers. Any teachers in here? Whoop, whoop. See, when we don't discipline and train a child in the process of becoming adult, then they're a drag on society and not a help to society. Come on. So see, we, we, we've, the, our whole culture is in a confusion, in a mess, because we have left the process out, come on, of a lot of things. And it all starts in this Bible right here. Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. And this is my, what's really cool is it, it turned into a parent dedication message, believe it or not. Look at verse 1, chapter 12 in Genesis. Now the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house, to the land which I will show you. I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing, and I will bless those who bless you, and the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abraham went forth, and the Lord said, Now, I want you to key in on something here. He says, I will make you. I will make your name great. We took that whole process out. See, you don't just, Tim didn't just up and come have an awesome trucking company overnight, did you? No. I've seen him many a times leave the bull riding and have to walk out and get on the phone. It's a process that you go through. There's always adversity. There's always things that, we're, that are coming against us, but yet we walk through them, we work through them. Come on. God said, I will make you great. He didn't just, okay, you're a great nation. That's not what he said. See, that word make there, it, it, it gives the idea of something under construction. See, our faith was wrecking to us by God making his name great. Oh, come on. See, and we can't leave that process out. 
He said, I'll make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. Let me tell you something. He's doing that with each and every one of us. And that's what's been so destructive about just saying a prayer going to heaven. Because we take out that process of building something. Come on, are y'all with me? See, the promise, this promise was repeated four times. Twice to Abram. God had to remind Abram twice, here's what I'm going to do. And then you know what he did? He recited it to his son, Isaac. And then Isaac recited it. Come on. Then God recited it to Isaac's son, Jacob. So see, the same, the same covenant, the same promise went from Abram, Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob, to us today. That same process of making and blessing comes down to us. See, the promise was not just for their lineage. It was also for the redemption of the whole world. Of those who would believe and those who will believe. See, each one had the responsibility of the covenant. Just like each one of you have a responsibility to the covenant that God made when you accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior. See, we have a responsibility to that covenant in our walk with God to pass it on. See, we're always passing it on. See, all three of these, all three, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, they all went through a process of making, come on, they all had their struggles. They all had things they had to wrestle with. Abraham, he had to leave a he had to leave his family and go somewhere. He wasn't even really sure where he was going. Come on, how many times you got in your car and your kids said, where are we going? When are we going to be there? When are we going to be? You're going to hear when we're going to be. Are we there yet? And you know where you're going. Abraham, did, how can you? He's telling all his wife's going, where are we going? I don't know. Get that one by your wife. Well, I'm not going. It's one thing your kids, you tell them, shut up. You'll get there when we get there. How many of y'all said that? <laughs> yeah, but your wife, you ain't going to tell your wife that. Because you may not get where you're going. Without a knot on your head. See, each one had the responsibility of covenant. See, dedication is about this covenant. That's what it's about. It's about living out your covenant between you and God. And that's the most important thing your children can ever see. It doesn't have to be perfect. Come on. Because I'm telling you, none of us are perfect and all of us are going to make dumb choices. And then we're going to have to suffer the consequences of those choices. But I'm telling you right now, when you do make a dumb choice, what you better do is you better break to God. 
Because if you don't break to God, then decay comes real quick. And then it just throws your whole house into confusion. Your kids don't have to see you being perfect. They just need to see you breaking to God. Come on, are y'all with me? But you're going to have to break to God, then get things right and make better choices. Come on. That's, listen, your kids can handle that way better than handling, uh, trying not to tell them or making excuses of your bad choices. I'm telling you, your kids can, your kids know more than you think they know. And they're a whole lot more resilient than you think they are. So what you got to tell them is, hey, dad messed up. This ain't how God's way. I'm suffering the consequences of it. But I tell you what, I'm going to stick it out and we're going to see the goodness of God because I'm fixing to get this right. See, your kids can handle that. And that's what they need to see. That's what they need to see. See, from the beginning, God commanded us to pass this on. See, there is a place of promise, and he will show us how to get there and keep it. See, if you just got the promise right off the bat, you couldn't keep it. Because you hadn't walked through nothing to figure out how to possess it to keep it. He showed us that Adam and Eve could not possess the garden Come on. It was just given to them. See, that, <laughs> that mentality doesn't work, and God showed us it from the very beginning. Come on, man. Is anybody in here? I mean, the very first two, three chapters of the Bible shows us that entitlement and welfare does not work. But growing up from a baby and going through a process, come on, teaches us how to possess the promises of God. Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 31. Very telling. God delivering his people out of Egypt. God's bringing them through the wilderness of just enough. Come on. 5.30.31. But as for you, stand here by me, that I may speak to you all the commandments and the statutes and the judgments which you shall teach teach them, that they may observe them in the land which I give them to possess. So you shall observe to do just as the Lord your God has commanded you. You shall not turn aside to the right or to the left. You shall walk in all the way which the Lord your God has commanded you, that you may live, that you may be well, that it may be well with you, and that you will prolong your days in the land which you shall possess. Now, it's very clear. We need to begin to preach... That God is for us. That God wants to bless us. I understand that the prosperity message got out of hand. Come on. 
You're not going to walk up, lay hands on a Cadillac. Oh, I thank you, Lord God, for this Cadillac. That's how that crap got running out off the rails. God wants you prosperous, but he also wants you to understand what prosperous is. He wants you successful. He wants you blessed. He wants you whole. He wants you at peace. Come on, not turmoil. Not, it, it saddens me when I travel and go to other churches and people just sit in churches and they're being beat up Sunday after Sunday and nothing ever changes and the message never changed. Everybody's dying, going to hell. Come on. And it's guilt and condemnation preaching to get you to the altar to say a prayer so they can put your number up on the wall. Anybody in here? Come on, we need to be preaching. God came to set you free. God came to make you whole again. How many times did Jesus say, be whole? Be whole. Be whole. Can you imagine? Have your emotions in check. Your feelings in check. That which been wrecking you. The abuse by your father, the abuse by your mother, the abuse by a neighbor, by an uncle. Come on, the growing up broke, growing up with no money. Come on, are y'all hearing what I'm saying? God restoring, redeeming all that hurt, making you whole to where you remember it, but it doesn't hurt. Come on. See, too many Christians are walking around with scabs and the devil comes by and picks the scab off instead of it healing up. And yeah, I've got scars that says I've been through something, but see, it doesn't hurt anymore. Come on, are y'all with me? It's not an issue anymore. It's not infected anymore. It doesn't come oozing out and spilling out all over everybody. Come on, are y'all with me in here? That's what Jesus does. He sets our life and makes us whole to where, yeah, we're going to have. Listen, we live in a fallen world. Yeah, we're going to have scars. We're all going to mess up. But God says, let me tell you something. I can fix all that. I am the great physician. I have the balm of Gilead. I, come on. Yes. There will be, a, turn your tears into to joy. Come on. See, God is for you. We have to obey. Listen, when we obey, we prosper. That's just what the word says. I didn't say it. The word says, when you obey, you prosper. Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. Look in verse 6. And these words which I am commanding you today shall be on your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your sons, and shall talk, to, talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. 
and you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be a for, as frontals on your forehead. Listen, he is telling them this has got to be important. When you sit down at the table, look what, look what our society has come. We don't sit down at the table anymore. We don't sit down and talk about what God did at school, what God did on the job, what God did this weekend, or what, come on, are y'all hearing me? See, we've got to get back to what man of telling our kids, here's where I seen God work in my life. This is what I seen God do. Man, I seen God answering my prayers this weekend. Come on. Man, I sat there and told the guy, I said, let me tell you something. I'm seeing my prayers. I'm seeing mine and my wife's prayers that we prayed every night over our kids in action. Come on. That's just how God works. Seeing it happen right in your front of your face. See, it's in, if it's important to you, it'll be important to them. See, we have a responsibility to teach our children that we have a good God. And he loves us and is for us. That is our responsibility to teach those kids that he is good. See, he wants us to be successful. Listen, because uh, right now you hear a lot of, oh, it's the end times and we're all doomed. It's doom and gloom. It's doom and gloom and at any minute your life is over. Listen. No teenager wants to hear their life is done. What? I'm not, what? I'm not going to experience that. I'm going to experience, I'm going to go, I'm going to, and it puts our kids to where God is this ogre waiting to slap them. I grew up that way. That's how I grew up that I wasn't going to get to experience all the fun stuff. <clears throat> what I thought was fun stuff. So I went and experienced all the, what I thought was fun stuff. <laughs> what? Whew. The Bible does say sin is fun for a season. I concur with that. <laughs> it ain't so fun the next morning but by Cracky Friday night, it was a good time. Come on. See, we have the responsibility to take the time and point out moments where God delivered us, restored us, redeemed us back to that which was taken from us. Because the enemy's always trying to deceive us that, oh, that, yeah, that's, that's great. See, I remember, I remember mom and daddy. You might remember this, Derice, but I, I remember mom and daddy having no money except enough money to buy a Coke and a candy bar, and they split that, but yet they still tithed. I, I remember them telling us when we were kids, 
Oh, yeah, when we moved over here, we, we didn't have enough money to, to, to buy a Coke and a, I think it was a Snickers bar, and they split that for dinner. But they would not, not tithe. And I'm telling you, they're in their 80s now, and they're still rocking it. Come on. I'm telling you, you get in a truck with my dad, you ain't going to think he's 80. 84, it, he'll deny, yeah, you'll be going 80. Yeah, yeah, we passed cops going 80. And just, he just pulled over and got a ticket. <laughs> we said, Colorado, man, he, whoom, I said, there's a cop. And he just pulled over, cop come wrote us a ticket, and off we went again. <laughs> yeah. I think he was 83 there, and he was going every bit of 85 when we passed that cop. Yeah, I can remember those stories. I can remember that. Joshua chapter 4. Look what God tells them. Joshua chapter 4, verse 7. Verse 6, let this be a sign among you so that when your children ask later, saying, what do these stones mean to you? Then you shall say to them, because the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the ark of the covenant of the Lord, when it, when, when it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off, so these stones shall become a memorial to the sons of Israel forever. Listen, God wants us to remember. Listen, and it's not just the good things that these stones represented. It was 40 years of wandering around in the wilderness of just enough till they got all their business right until they started getting it done the way God wanted them to. Come on how their parents had to die in the wilderness so they could cross because they were disobedient. And then what God did was he parted a flooded Jordan for them just like he parted a Red Sea for their parents, but yet they were stuck in the wilderness of just enough. Come on. Those, those stones... So what are them stones, Daddy? Those stones are when God parted the Jordan for us. Because when we obeyed and when we finally got it right, God parted those, that Jordan for us. Matter of fact, it says God heaped the waters up. The waters of the Jordan never quit flowing and they just began to heap up. And let me tell you, as they begin to rise over the treetops, can you imagine seeing Trinity River from Dayton, Texas over the treetops? It never quit flowing. And when Jericho saw it, their hearts melted. Come on. Man. We walked across that Jordan on dry ground, just like our dads did when they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground. 
God taking us to more than enough. Let me tell you something, son. The just enough shut off when we crossed that Jordan. We never ate manna again. We never had to go out and just gather just enough again. Let me tell you something. When we got it right, when we started to obey and we crossed that Jordan, we had grapes as big as grapefruits. We had more than enough. And God began to teach us how to possess our land so that we wouldn't lose it. Come on, man. See, God wants to move us from just enough to more than enough. And he wants us to remind our children how to get there. Teach them as a memorial. See, memorials don't just speak of where we had it all perfect. They remind us of the pain and the suffering and even the loss. Come on. We have war memorials all over this country. Of course, they're trying to tear them all down. But it speaks of how we got our stuff together. How God delivered us from war. The men that died... Come on. See, it's about what God brought us through when we got lined out. It's about the order and the correction. See, we, we remember his covenant in his way. And being faithful to do the covenant, it brings salvation to your whole house. Look in Acts chapter 10. Acts chapter 10, verse 1. Now, there was a certain man of Caesarea named Cornelius, a centurion of what was called the Italian cohort. He wasn't even, he, he was just, he was a centurion. A devout man and one who feared God with all his household and gave many alms to the Jewish people and prayed to God continually about the ninth hour of the day, he clearly saw in a vision an angel of God who had just come in to him and said to him, Cornelius, and fixing his gaze upon him, being much alarmed, he said, what is it, Lord? He said to him, your prayers and alms have ascended as a memorial before me. Let me tell you, his faithfulness to continue. It says he was a devout man. And that word devout, he was religious. In other words, he continued constantly laying up alms and prayers on a covenant that he didn't even fully understand. Man, you got to get a hold of this. He was faithful and continually, and he was fearing God. In other words, he was in awe of this God. He was faithful to continue doing what he was doing, and God, it came before God as a memorial. In other words, his prayers and his alms were stacking up on that covenant, and when God saw it, he remembered Cornelius and he said, go right now. We're fixing to get his whole household saved. 
We're fixing to get his whole household saved. In other words, he'd been walking this thing out, earning his credentials, and when finally he got the credentials, his whole house got a ticket to the show. Come on, man. And God walked in his house and filled them all with the Spirit of God before they even baptized them. Come on, that'll turn a lot of Pentecost and, and folks upside down. They were filled with the Holy Ghost before they was even baptized in water. Hmm. Hmm. There wasn't two hours of tell, casting the devil out of their tongue. Come on, man. No, man. God stepped in and said, look here, I'm going to show y'all something. This man's faithfulness, his whole house is fixing to get saved. See, it was his constant and faithful life that his whole family, faith to faith, is exactly what our families need to see. They don't see, need to see perfect, they need to see obedience. Romans 1, 16. I'm telling you, that's what's so powerful about the day we live. He's bringing correction and order. And let me tell you something, correction and order, it, it's never easy. It's never easy. It, and it hurts. It, 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 it's, it's, it's a demand that's put on us. Back to Romans 1, 16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes, to the Jew first, also to the Greek. For in it, for in this good news, come on, for in this good news, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, but the righteous man shall live by faith. Paul was very adamant. See, faith is all and all, both in the beginning and in the progress of our walk. <clears throat> Let me put it this way. Faith, look, see, when we changed our system to say a prayer, go to heaven, it was like faith gets us in and then works holds us there. But that's not it. It's from faith to faith. It's being obedient. It's sticking it out through the progress, through the process to be able to see doubt and fear leave. It's trusting God long enough. Come on. See, it's not our works that keep us there. See, we've, we've, created, a syst we, <clears throat> we've created a system of manipulation. Hmm. Let that just sink in for a minute. How many of y'all, oh man, this is great. How many of y'all get those deals? If you love God, pass this on. 
If you want to be blessed, say amen. Most people are going to scroll by this. Come on. Oh my God, I want to be blessed. I can't pay, copy, paste, post, copy, paste. Oh my God, I'm not a Christian if I don't share this. I deliberately delete them. See, we create a system of manipulation to think God has this magic bag of fairy dust. <laughs> and that's not God. God said, let me tell you something. You're going to follow me. And where I'm going, it's going gonna, it's gonna to give you a rush. It's, your toes are going to be hanging on the edge. Come on. It's going to be an adventure. There's going to be moments when you're like, oh man, am I going to make it? Come on, but it, that's how faith works. Because faith isn't in a box of reason. Faith has, faith has no boundaries. So see, it's not Faith puts us into a justified state of mind and then works keeps us in it. But it's faith to faith. It's pressing forward, gaining the victory over unbelief. Come on, what'd the guy say? Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. See, you're going to have to gain the victory over unbelief. You're going to have to learn to trust God. Even if he doesn't deliver us, O oh king, you just better know I ain't bound down worshiping. So just throw us in the fire. Come on. See, there will always be moments of fear, doubt, worry, and adversity. It's always going to come. But it proves the word of God true so that all can see our faith. Come on. It's always going to be there. It's where our credentials are earned. It's where the ticket for our others for others to get in comes from. See, our culture reduced that. When children are taught and ex to and experience a good God. Oh, man, they see a difference, they're going to make a difference. See, our children, man, they're just going to follow right in line with us. Look in Romans chapter 1. See, verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. In other words, it's those who withhold the truth. Think about that a minute. It says, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness, who withhold the truth. Let me tell you something. We wouldn't have near the confusion if we weren't withholding the truth. 
Our culture would not be suffering from an identity crisis if we weren't withholding the truth. Man, is anybody here? It's real simple. You can look down, I'm a boy. You can cut it off, but that don't change your chromosomes. You can't suppress the truth with a lie. And we get to suffering the consequences of it by looking at our culture that we've got. And the church is silent to the cries. All we want to do is condemn them. Come on. Here's what the church is fixing to have to learn how to do. It's going to have to learn to love the confused. Because, see, what's happening is, is we're creating an ideology that you're, you're going to have to figure out how to make them think to overcome an ideology. You can stand out there and protest all you want to, but you ain't going to change their ideology until you can build a relationship with them, until you can start having a one-on-one with them so you can get through to start making them think that, wait a minute, here's why I'm confused. Here's why I'm so depressed. Here's why I'm, come on. See, the church has got to figure out that sin is the problem and that sin, listen, the church has got to figure out that sin's not scary. But what we have is the solution for it. That's why Jesus wasn't scared to get down in the sand with the naked woman caught in the very act of adultery to say, hey, you can be free. You can be whole. What you're looking for is not found in men. What you're looking for is found in me. And if you can change your way of thinking, then I can make you whole. You can be at peace. You know what? You can even love you again. See, some of us have screwed up so much that we don't think God can love us because we don't even love ourselves. God is the very essence of love. And you can't get away from that. And that's why all those who were condemning left. And we're in the midst of people dropping their rocks again so that God can reach out in the highways and the byways to the ones crying out for help that we haven't heard. Come on. Look what it says. For since the creation of the world his invisible attributes, his internal power and divine nature have been clearly seen. That's why they're so miserable. Because what's on the inside of them is clear. 
but yet they've got a world withholding and suppressing the truth. Come on, man. There's a world out there suppressing the truth. But yet what's on the inside of them is evident. It's clearly seen, being understood through what has been made so that they are without excuse. For even though they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks, but they became futile in their thinking, in their speculation, and their foolish heart was darkened. They began to reason. They began to deny God's purpose. Come on. They began to debate God. I'm really not this one. Come on, how many times have you heard that? The enemy wants people to think they were messed up, that God created them wrong. Come on. Look what he says. Professing to be wise, they became fools. Oh, man, you watch daytime TV. Jerry Springer, you, this is Romans chapter 1, verse 18, Jerry Springer's show. Professing to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the incorruptible God for an image in the form of corruptible man and of birds and four-footed animals and crawling creatures. Therefore, God gave them over to the lust of their hearts, to impurity, that their bodies might be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. They're trying to save the wells, but they ain't trying to save our babies. See, we have a culture that is running swiftly off the rails. And it's our job, our job, to pass on what God started. Now go to Genesis 18 real quick. Verse 17. I love this. I don't know. Do y'all, yeah, y'all got that. Genesis 18, verse 17. And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Now, see, the Lord showed up, him and some angels, they showed up to Abraham's tent. And they were headed to Sodom and Gomorrah to wipe it out. Come on. And the angel and the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham what I'm about to do? Since Abraham will surely become a great and mighty nation and in him all the nations of the earth will be blessed. For I have chosen him in order that he may command his children and his household after him 
to keep the way of the Lord by doing righteousness and justice in order that the Lord may bring upon Abraham what he has spoken about him. See, there's lots of things that are being spoken, but it's our job to see that they come about. Come on. See, and God chose Abraham because he knew he was going to obey and pass it on. See, when God called Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, it was Genesis 22 when God finally said, Indeed I will. Abraham went through strife. Abraham went through war, confusion, displacement. Come on. Abraham went through the doom and the gloom. Come on. Abraham went through all these situations and all these things in his life, but yet he continued to obey God. See, there's a process that we go through. And it's not always perfect. It's not always perfect. Abraham got caught up in the in the in, in, in just trying to survive. Lied about his wife, being his wife. Man, she almost slept with the the king of Egypt. He said, Yeah, it's my sister. Just to save his own hide. And God showed up to the king and said, let me tell you something, you touch her, you are doomed. Come on. See, it's a process that we go through. Abraham had to go through this process too. And it says God made his name great. It didn't start out just like none of ours is. But God's making we are all under construction. And the thing is, we're passing that construction on. We are so glad that you chose to tune in with us this week. We hope that today's message left you challenged, encouraged, and inspired. If you enjoyed today's message and would like to hear more, you can find us wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts, as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening to the DCC Sermon Podcast.